0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the latest episode of the Corta podcast. I'm your host, Zach Lowy, and I'm here for another episode of our second season of Corta uh, discussing all things Portuguese football. We've got a pretty interesting podcast for you today because we've got a podcast essentially split up into two parts. I will be speaking with Diogo Pombo later on, the Expresso journalist, and we'll be discussing all things uh, Liga Notion and, and from this weekend including the European results of, like, so Paso Chifera, Santa Clara, and Benfica. But now I've brought in a special guest, uh, Ronan Murphy, to discuss some interesting topics that we have. Uh, Ronan is probably one of my favorite journalists when it comes to Bundesliga uh he is Swear I'm Not Paul on Twitter. And overall, just a fantastic follow uh and a journalist for goal.com. We've got Ronan on here today to discuss two interesting things. Uh but overall, how are you how are you doing, Ronan? Yeah, not too bad. How are you? I'm doing well. I'm doing well. So uh I wanted to get you on because um I know that you are a Bundesliga expert and I wanted to start off today's discussion by talking about Wendell, uh, P- Porto's latest signing. So Porto are a club that has become, I would say renowned for its quality uh, at the left back position. You know, they I would say their fans have been quite spoiled with the quality there. Seen the likes of Nuno Valente, uh, Miguel Ayun, Alvaro Pereira. Um, and in recent years, Alexandro and Alex Telles, two Brazilians, uh, occupying that position for the Dragoish. Um Alex Telles left for Manchester United last summer, and his replacement was Zaidu Sanusi from Santa Clara. Zaidu did fairly well, but uh, he has left a bit to be desired, and it is clear that there is certainly a gap in, in quality between him and Telles, um, and that was especially clear last weekend when he gave away possession in the final third and allowed for to equalize in the final minutes, a uh, goal was later ruled off due to bar, but Zaidu not even in the bench for today's match um, against Maricimo. And that is with, uh, that, that is with Porto's new signing, not even playing in, not even being in the match day squad. So overall, it seems that Porto needed a left back. Uh, they brought in Leo Borges from Internacional, but they're hoping that this uh, this Brazilian player Wendell, just Brazilian, just like Alex Telles and Alessandro, uh, can provide an upgrade in quality for 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 Porto in this in this position. So, what do you what have you made of Wendell at Bayer Leverkusen?
1: Yeah, I think he kind of started off well at, at Bayer Leverkusen. They signed him obviously from from Grêmio in Brazil, and he came over. He, he seemed to. There with a lot of potential at the time and I think he did it there for what six, seven seasons at this stage so he he kind of he kind of became a veteran at the club and he was one of these experienced heads in the dressing room after a while but I suppose the thing with him is he was never guaranteed to be there left back every week because he he was either injured or suspended and I don't think even I think in only one season he kind of played more than 30 games in the league so you couldn't you couldn't depend on them week in week out so I suppose that's why could Leverkusen have decided to maybe look elsewhere and look for younger alternatives and they are one of these teams that develop younger players and maybe sell them at a profit and perhaps that's what they would have planned to do with him but he's kind of stayed around for the best part of a decade and they've kind of moved on from him and are looking elsewhere now
0: definitely so Wendell, staying at the club for, I believe, seven years, um, definitely a long time for a player who is is still fairly young, uh, but being pushed out of the team following the arrival of Daly Sinkgraven from Ajax last summer, as well as the arrival of of Mitchell Bakker from Paris Saint-Germain. I think that a lot of Porto fans, right, they look at the fact that Wendell was forced out by Bakker and Sinkgraven, who, you know, aren't – Aren't exactly two fullbacks that, that that draw a lot of hype. Um, and they wonder, you know, why why were Leverkusen so keen to to let him go? Obviously he had a year left in his contract. But uh, what do you think are the biggest, perhaps the biggest concerns uh, that Porto fans should have looking at this Wendell move?
1: Yeah, probably uh, I suppose what a flag barrier is. Is an injury concern when he looked to sort of break into the buyer level wasn't team and formed down the place for himself then he picked up an injury and he wasn't able to kind of guarantee that he would be there week in week out and that, that kind of haunted him a, a bit over the last few seasons <clears throat> that he's not going to you're not going to guarantee that he's going to be an every game player for three because there's always these doubts that maybe he isn't that he is a little the Lindelof on, he isn't going to be fit for you every week, or perhaps he's he can be a bit off ahead of the time and so that's what causes suspension issues. So he might have disciplinary problems. Not not off the pitch, he he's obviously a popular figure. He was a popular figure up by but he he might he sometimes can be caught out, and then in order to make back, kind of to track back or to to catch the the attacker, he'll cover a foul. To make up for his own mistake, and that, that can obviously lead to cards and bookings uh, and, and, and red cards.
0: Talk to me about what what you would say is the best system to get the most out of Wendell, because you know Porto have mainly gone with a four four two under Sergio Conceição, but uh, they did play with kind of a makeshift back three against Marishmo with Ivan Marcano uh, playing in central defense. Um, I'm curious what what do you think is the best. Uh, way to get the most out of Wendell, you know? Is it a back four? Is it perhaps as a, in a back three with him playing further forward as a wing back? Uh, what do you think is the best way to to limit his weaknesses and and exploit his his strengths?
1: I suppose to get the best out of him, you probably want to play with what he's used to, and that would be his part of the back forward with Byron Leverkusen. because they've had a series of managers while he's been there, and the vast majority of them would line up in a in a 4-4-2 four, four, or a 4-3-3 three, three kind of formation and he would have been the left back rather than in a tree at the back with him as a wing back. So you'd want to play him as a left back rather than left wing back because that's what he's used to. I know he's still going to have these of problems, but even if you play him a bit further up, see, he's going to have that with his game. But I suppose he is more of an attacking fullback and he's pretty good at dribbling. And he's confident on the ball. So, if Porto did decide that that's what they want to go with, that they want to use him as a left wing back, I think he would be more, more than capable of delivering crosses and, and beating his man on the outside. He's not the quickest, but he has the kind of technical ability that, and the confidence to beat a man that he will be good with the ball at his feet and he can, he can build attacks and he can join the attack needed.
0: 28 year old, uh turned 28. Um, player who is definitely still in his prime, and you know, will be going up against Wilson Manafa and Zaidu Sanusi uh, for the starting left back position. Definitely not the strongest crop of competitors. So, you know, there were there were definitely some rumors that Benfica were looking to get him, but it, but Porto ended up uh, getting the Wendell deal over the line. Um, what would you say are the biggest things that Porto fans can be excited about? Uh, when it comes to when it
1: comes to Wendell's arrival I think the thing with with signing the fullback is it's never going to be that exciting so it's hard to sell sell someone like that compared to maybe maybe if you're ever getting a new winger a new forward you can promise goals and you can promise assists but I suppose he will be he will try and get forward he will try and join the attack and Maybe that'll be a bit exciting itself. I, I can't say that I watched sporting Portugal enough to know what their fullbacks have been. in Recent years, I've obviously seen the guys that have moved abroad and, and, and some of the games in the Champions League, but I wouldn't watch them week in, week out to to know how he might compare to some of the some of his opposition or some of his predecessors. But yeah, I, I think he he will be kind of an exciting attacking fullback. So it, that should it, it shouldn't bring goals. Maybe at both ends of the pitch, at the pitch. So that. that, that so it was good for the neutral fan and maybe it might be good for Porto fans too.
0: I do think, like, we'll we'll see what happens. But, uh, you know, Wendell would have to be pretty bad for for, for, for uh, him not to start because, frankly, the competition just isn't that good. Uh, remains to be seen what, what happens with Leo Borges coming into the B team from Internacional. But between Zaidu, between Manapa... Really, a lot of players who have, who have struggled to to fill that position. Um, so, you know, I'm interested to see if if Wendell can do so. Obviously, you know, looking at Alex Tellez, uh, he's a player who many thought would be starting at Manchester United when he joined. But instead, he ended up just really uh, raising, I would say, helping to to raise Luke Shaw's performance level, you know, providing that competition uh, perhaps the same thing happens with Zaidu. I I don't know. I think that uh, Shaw is definitely obviously a lot more of a refined player than, than Zaidu. So I'm not trying to compare them, but you know, potentially it, it happens, but we'll, we'll see um, overall pretty cheap deal uh, getting Wendell over the line. Uh, Porto have been trying to get a left back for, for quite a while. They've been looking at likes of Matias Vinha, Renildo Mandava, um, and uh, Giuseppe Pazzella, but finally Wendell is the one who joins, coming in from Bayer Leverkusen. I'm um, excited to see what happens. The other, the other thing that I wanted to discuss with you, um, as uh, in using your Bundesliga knowledge to to this, um, is Luca Waldschmidt. So Luca Waldschmidt, 25 years of age, um, he was incredible. He was linked. He has been linked. Uh, t- with a departure for 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 quite a while um, and one year after arriving from Freiburg for fifteen million euros, he leaves wolfsburg he leaves benfica and joins Wolfsburg for twelve million euros so uh, technically a loss of three million uh, i don 't think Benfica will be that upset given the fact that uh, of talking about amortization and you know not taking so much of a loss, but uh, I still it still boggles me that you know they are letting go of him after just one season uh, for three million less than they signed him from. Um, I'm curious, what was your reaction when when Benfica signed Waldschmidt?
1: Yeah, it seemed a surprising one at the time because he had been linked to various moves to to, to better teams than than Freiburg but it seemed a surprise that as a Germany international or someone who was trying to break into the Germany team that he would have left to go to Portugal because it's uncommon for German players playing outside of Germany and especially playing outside of the top five leagues to get into the Germany squad like their team that went to went to the Euros this summer was the majority of it was Bundesliga but there was a few players in in the Premier League and uh, there was Kroosens in in Serie A that was was, and Pony Kroos uh, obviously but aside from that it wasn't really it wasn't really picking from outside the big teams in in the big leagues so it seemed a surprise that he would go to to Benfica and he put his international career in jeopardy but he he had options of going to Italy and other teams in the Bundesliga so people were kind of confused by it, but at the same time, they were thinking that he would, perhaps this would be the right level for him and he would kind of shine at Benfica, which obviously isn't what happened. And now he's back in the League again after one season, which, which is a disappointing one for everybody.
0: Waldschmidt uh, was heavily linked to Benfica after his superb performance um, in the U21 Euros in 2019, I believe he was one of, if not, he, he was he was definitely one of the best players uh, in the entire tournament um, for for Germany. Um, and yeah, was linked to both Benfica as well as Chelsea. Um, ended up staying at Freiburg, uh, but joined joined um, joined Benfica a year later. And frankly. You know, I do think that if if Waldschmidt had joined a year earlier, as as it was previously linked, you know, in 2019, I I think that there could have that he could have had a lot more success here because I mean when you look at it, Bruno Lodge, you know, playing a 4-4-2, um, you know, missing a player of of Joao Felix's characteristics after his departure to Atletico Madrid. Um, and I think that I, I do think that Waldschmidt has some similar characteristics with Felix, and I think that he would have uh, worked to a T in that four four two. We've seen a lot of quality um, with that regard. But overall, I think Waldschmidt, you know, playing under a new under a new manager in George Jesus, uh, who actually who who has also been famed for his four four two, but but typically. Um, often played a lot of a 3-4-3 formation um, in in the latter half of the season. And I think that is definitely a a system where you're not going to get the most out of Waldschmidt. He's far more of a link attack, if that makes sense, a player who's going to link the attack together rather than a player who's going to lead the line by himself. Um, Overall, do you think that Benfica misused Waldschmidt or... How do you think is the best way uh, to get the most out of, out of Waldschmidt?
1: Yeah, I think like you're saying, he, he kind of seems to work better in a two and uh, in a team where he's not expected to be the sole goal scorer. And I think that w- maybe has been some of the problem when he, he did line out for Germany under Yogi Love. It, Waldschmidt was, was sometimes a, expected to be a goal scorer because he had a good record at Freiburg and people expected that he would be able to Kind of if he was the, if he was kinda of good at go- scoring goals in a bad team that when he had the likes of Tony Cruz and Joshua Kimmich providing him balls in, in the box that he should be a goal scorer like a team like the way Timo Werner had been at the time for, for Germany. But it just was, it just didn't happen that the system didn't really suit him. He scored a couple of goals, but he didn't set the players place alight. And after he had been so good at for the other twenty ones, I think they were hoping that he would progress naturally to the senior team, but that hasn't happened yet for them. Obviously, there's still time, and, and Germany should continue to look for a gold scorer. This, they don't have... It's been a problem for them for decades now at this stage. You had players kind of even... them looking at players of different nationalities to to get make them German after a few years of living in Germany to hope that Kakao and the likes of that will provide goals, but I, I think since Mario Gomez and Miroslav Chelsea they, they haven't really had much. So it, 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 he looks like he was kind of misused at, at Benfica and that, that's not really a surprise because with a with with players like that, I think people just expect them to to score goals like Timo Werner. I said you look at the way Chelsea fans respond to how he plays. Even opposition fans respond to to him. They just expect him to be goal score when that's not his natural kind of game. And I think Volschmidt is is a similar sort of player. He's a he's a forward that works best with someone beside him. So if if Wolfsburg decide this season that Vavříkharst and him can be a partnership, I think they could. It could be very, could work very well for both of them if they play in that kind of 4 4 2 formation. And that's the approach to go with, where he is in support of someone else who's got to get the goals and they can kind of spread the goals, but he's not put them all the weight on his shoulders to, to get off the goals.
0: Yeah, he has shown his quality in certain games. I mean, getting a brace against Famalicão, uh, recently scoring in a match against uh, promoted recently promoted Aruka. Um, and and doing quite well in a strike duo with new signing Guillaume, Roman Yaremchuk. I do think that though I mean in general Benfica, you know, with the signings of bringing Yaremchuk for 17 million euros from Gent, uh, and and that was after that was after the signing of R- Rodrigo Pino on a free transfer from Marichimo. Overall, I do think that that caused them to be in a weak negotiating position. Okay, I think that. You know, I like the Yaramçik you know, move a lot, but signing signing him when you haven't sold likes of you know Carlos Vinicius, Darwin Nunes, Harris Afarovich—they've just got a boatload of strikers. I think that in general, I think that weakens your negotiating position, and I do think that Benfica have paid the price in, in being forced to sell him for three million less than they than he bought him for originally just a year prior. Um, and it, it's just a bit bizarre because he's done, he's done well. He's, he's, he's done well. His numbers have done well. I don't think that he's been a fantastic signing, but uh, looking at the strikers that Benfica have brought in, I mean, it seems almost like a merry-go-round since, since the Felix departure. You've got the likes of Carlos Vinicius, Raul de, Raul de Tomas, uh, Darwin Nunes. So many players who have also struggled to make an impact um, and it 's tough when you're when you're chopping when there's so much internal turmoil at the club um, so overall, I do think that Benfica may come to regret the sale. I think that Waldschmidt is a very talented player, and they really don't have that same like second striker right? that same you know link attacker profile that we just talked about uh, in their squad besides besides Walshman um, i'm curious though because Wolfsburg you know starting starting off the Get, getting a 2-1 getting a win uh, against Hertha Berlin this weekend. Um, and uh, Mark von Bommel going with a 4-2-3-1. Um, but Lucas Nimesha, Nimesha, um who was you know, part of Germany's uh, victorious U21 Euros winning team this past spring, coming off the bench uh, and grabbing a goal. Um, to to complete their comeback victory against Hertha um, in Berlin, two goals from both Riedlabaku and and Nemesha, who were massive, obviously in in the final against Portugal, um, and led Germany to uh, to the title. Uh, I'm curious, where do you think Waldschmidt fits into this Wolfsburg
1: team? I'm not sure they know themselves at the moment. I think the problem is perhaps that they bought. Paul Schmidt seemed to get him somewhat out of a bargain. Obviously, they bought Nemechek hoping that he would be one for the future because he's still only twenty-two. I think when they bought these players, they probably expected that like Horst was going to leave because he had been strongly linked with moves to Syria and elsewhere. Even 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 he's again and again linked with moves to, to the Premier League, and it was suggested that maybe he'd be a Harry Kane replacement at Tottenham and things like that. So I think they're probably probably looking at a succession plan. For him with Nemecha because if he doesn't leave this this transfer window, there's always a chance he could go in January or next summer. So they're probably looking long term, and that's why they've got got another of maybe Germany's hot young properties in, in Nemechek, and are hoping that he can do something. And he obviously proved off the bench this weekend that he could. Uh, it's hard to see exactly where where Schmidt is going to fit in at the moment and he's probably going to be consigned to a, to a substitute role if Vekhars like, is kept around because Vekhars like, was so good last season he's kind of a reliable reliable striker for them and he's shown at the orals that he's, he's capable of doing it for his international team too so it could be a case that he had to buy his time and maybe make an impact off the bench and hope for the best and perhaps next summer or, or next season that he will get more of a chance to to be a, a week in week out starter for him.
0: We'll be very interesting to see what happens with Waldschmidt uh, going into this new Wolfsburg season. Overall, I do think that Benfica, you know, selling him at a fairly low rate in 12 million euros, I think they may come to regret it. I think he could be the next, you know, one that got away from Benfica, especially after seeing uh, Pedrinho score a golasso, against uh, against Monaco in the Champions League qualifier. You know, losing Pedrinho and Waldschmidt in the same summer uh, could be something that a lot of Benfica has come to regret. Um, there are some links as well that that they will end up going for. They will end up signing Nemanja uh from Marseille, spent the past season... Then past um, half season on loan at Hertha Berlin, uh, did you did you watch any of Radonjić to get a, a good view of him or uh, not really?
1: Yeah, I so saw I saw a bit of him, but I think the problem is it was hard to impress in that hard time. So you did because they were kind of so disjointed with managerial changes and they had that that nonsense of Jorgen Klinsmann coming in because he was he was a friend of the owner and he thought that Klinsman would be the man to, to turn things around and turn them into this super club that's trying to be this this amazing capital club is what the, the long term vision for Horta is because all the other European major captains have big teams, but Berlin Herta and, and Union aren't really that popular outside of Berlin and they're not maybe hugely popular in Berlin the Olympia Stadium Herta can't even sell it out so that's why they're looking at to get a new round that can kind of fit in a bit better so yeah I think Redoncic it was hard for him to make any sort of an impact with the coaching changes and, and the kind of direction that Herta were, were were going in and Horta just seemed to be before this season. They seemed to be a team that spent a lot of money. They had a lot of money to spend on players, and it was like a football manager save where they just saw who was available and just spent money on them. And did, there was no kind of cohesion to the team, so it didn't really lend that well. So it was hard for anyone to really stand out in the team. I think this season it should be better. Obviously, they've brought in Freddy Bobic from Frankfurt as their new kind of sporting director. So. He's uh, already making an impact in signing and kind of trying to sign the right players, getting rid of problematic players, things like that. So it should be a better transition for her. To, but as for Rodoncic, i I'm not I'm not sure exactly whether it was the best team to judge him at. He, uh, he looked at, he looked a good player at times. He, he's quick. He he's he's skillful. He's, he likes to kind of put his head down and, and run at defenders. So I think. Maybe that could could suit him in, in in Portugal at Benfica, and we can kind of see how he gets on that. Because the, the heart of war, there was talks that they might come back in for him. And they might try and keep him, but it, it, it didn't happen, obviously.
0: And yeah, that raw pace, that, that pure winger profile—that's something that Benfica really don't have outside of Rafa Silva um so it'll be interesting to see how radonjic does hasn't really been able to convince um at any at any cl- of the clubs he's been at so far uh but like i said it'll be interesting to see how he does at benfica thank you so much ronan for coming on to the cortolini show it was a pleasure to have you on Do uh, you want to just give a shout out to where people can find you
1: yeah as you said at the start of the show and you gave right. me a great compliment so that that's always good to hear thanks very much uh, I'm, I I'm swear I'm not Paul on on mm-hmm. Twitter and um, Goal Ronan on Instagram and Facebook, if you want to find me there. And obviously, I write for goals. So, if you're looking for Bundesliga content in English, it's probably written by me or it's translated from me from the, from the original German, usually. <laughs> what happens there? So, yeah, yeah so the, they're the kind of places you can find me. So, if you're interested in German football or German footballers or, or Irish football, God forbid, yeah, if you want ever want a bit about Irish football, like, I talk about that a bit too.
0: Definitely yeah. check out Ronan's uh, thread. Even if you aren't a Bundesliga watcher, definitely check out his thread on uh, one player to keep an eye out for each and every uh, Bundesliga team. I really enjoyed that. Overall, fantastic follow. Definitely don't regret it. Uh, donke Shane, R- Ronan. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I won't attempt any Portuguese I uh, I heard you uh, pronouncing some of the club names and some of the player names and I'm like no not, I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm not even going to try that so I'll, 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 I'll say Gorma was in Irish and Sloan <laughs> I know with the, yeah we'll have to do
0: maybe you can teach us how to pronounce some German club names and I can <laughs> use Portuguese club names <laughs>